How do I handle my partner with love when they treat me like I'm a monster? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. partner with love when they treat me like I'm a monster. All right, this is going to be, uh, this is a hard one, a difficult one to do. And uh, I think it'll lead into a lot of different discussions. So I'm, re- I'm really excited for it, Tyler. I think it will be good. So um, how you been, Tyler? How are things? Things are, things are great in my world. Brandon, we got my daughter finally squared away up at college. She got to run in her first cross country meet, and uh, that was fun to see. And other than that, life is life is good, man. I'm glad to be here with you. It's like my highlight of my week to just come and talk to my brother. Oh, hey, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> um, Ty, Tyler, uh, Tyler always jokes that he's my sidekick, and there's nothing further from the truth. Um, <laughs> well, it's the opposite. It was actually funny. It was actually funny just yesterday, Brandon. It was the big, it was the big thing for the BYU Utah football game this last the last week. And last night we got like some random message from one of our old friends who we used to like fight with his kids when it was BYU Utah week. And it brought back all sorts of all sorts of memories of those days where we were just running the neighborhood and for some reason we were so passionate about who was gonna win that football game. <laughs> That's good times. We had a great childhood. Yeah, we really it, did. It, it was it was nice and comfortable growing up in your shadow. Awesome. <laughs> <So>. Well, well, <laughs> think about what it's like for me to be in your shadow now as a grown man. <laughs> Whatever. All right, enough of this. We got an important question to get to, and we got Jeff here with us, and really appreciate Jeff's uh, vulnerability and willingness to come on to ask a really hard question, and um, and we're gonna break down every part of this question. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. If you would just give us a little bit of background, kind of tell us what's going on, and then then ask away. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I've been in recovery for uh, about two years and, um, you know, went through a pretty, or still going through a pretty heated uh, divorce. And, um, you know, I listened to your podcast on masculinity a few weeks ago and reached out because... You know, I feel it's it's important to kind of showcase this little cottage cottage industry of of groups or coaches or therapists that are, you know, kind of keeping women in victimhood and um, and almost, you know, squashing masculinity in general. You know, everything becomes tox- toxic masculinity, and you can't stand on your own two feet and you know, I, I came to the realization when I moved out again for the second time that I should have never moved back in. And my, it, it came to the point where my wife was the last bad habit I had to kick because I, I couldn't get away from the toxic relationship part of, our, of what we had created and what it had become. And, you know, in the process of that, my I noticed that she was starting to use my kid as a weapon, which for me, 
was super hard because, you know, I feel like I was the present parent most of our marriage. You know, I was the one that got him up for school. I was the one that made him every meal. I was the one that went to every event. I never missed a thing. And for her to start kind of taking away my access to him, uh, it hurt a lot. So I've been suffering um, because of these uh, folks that she's been with, you know, they kind of coach um, what to do and, and what happens next. And, and it's been tough because, you know, I can't have a relationship with my child now. You know, I've seen him in the past few days since I reached out to you. Um, I got to attend his first day of school, but that was the first time I'd seen him or even talked to him in three months. And um, that was super tough. We actually got to do a therapy session together last week. And um, it was frustrating, but super rewarding at the same time. So maybe I'll stop there and you guys can ask some questions. First, I, first, Jeff, I just want to say, man, it sounds like there's a lot of pain all the way around in, in your situation. I can imagine that your ex is probably experiencing a ton of pain. You're definitely feeling a lot of pain. It sounds like the biggest concern for you right now is that you're having your relationship with your son also sort of be pulled into and affected by this. And, and so if I'm hearing you right, you're basically saying, how do I, how do I handle being able to try to navigate seeing my son and, and managing this relationship while still going through the divorce proceedings that I've got to go through and, and dealing, dealing with my ex-wife in a way that I'm not going to lose my own value system. Right. I, and, and the tough thing about this situation is, you know, it happens a lot with parental alienation is you feel like no matter what choice you make, it's going to be the wrong one. Um, you're trying to keep your nose clean while at the same time trying to stand in your values and your ground. But it's hard because you know, if you make a decision, it's probably going to be used against you and your son is going to suffer more. Um, so it's, Jeff, this is, this is might be, this is hard for me to say, but it's just a truth that we all know which is, uh, and we see it in divorce all the time, is when one person really plays that victim stance to another in, in a relationship that's falling apart, a natural reaction is for the other person to then play the victim to them, right? And then, then you have two victims, and then it's a race to the bottom, um, and the collateral damage is the, is the children. And so it's really hard when you're being made out to be a monster, when your partner's playing the victim to you, when they're getting supported by other people saying what a monster you are, to, to, not, to, to not play the victim to them, to not turn them into a monster. Um, so how do you stand in your truths and be a boundaried person and be honest in this relationship, but also, and this is the hard part, also have some compassion for her um, I'll also try to see her humanity and see her struggle. Um, is that possible in this situation? Are you asking me or Tyler? I think he was asking, he was asking, I'm you, asking Jeff. you, Jeff. Okay. 
I, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I tried to kind of separate her victimhood or what she's claiming to be victimhood from her. You know, she's still, she's still my son's mom. Um, she's actually a fantastic person. I wish her happiness as she moves forward in life. Um, but at the same time, I can't ignore what she's doing. And, yeah. you know, you know at last week, you know, I had this, my, my court case got a hearing in front of the judge and, you know, the attorneys were talking and I guess my wife's attorney brought her to the court, even though she was not able to attend, um, you know, it was supposed to be for attorneys and the judge only. And, you know, I think that was a ploy to kind of make her look like the, you know, the sad woman that's, you know, been victimized by this man and she wants all the money. And the judge flat out told them that, you know, what they are asking for is not possible. He would never rule on anything like that. And then he made a special note to come out and talk about what's being done to my son and the relationship there. But, mm. you know, the big problem there is I can't really file anything in court because he turns 18 in three months, you know? So by the time it got in front of a judge, he's an adult. It doesn't matter, you know? So, you know, and then I flip over to the therapy session I had with him, which was absolutely amazing because I have refused to not be a part of my son's life. So every school event I still show up to, um, you know, the first day of school, before the first day of school, I dropped a gift package off to him. On Father's Day, I made it a point to go to his work and I gave him a bunch of gifts to see him on Father's Day. Um, so I have made it a point to, to not quit being a dad and I refuse to just yeah. walk away, you know? Yeah. So that has created some tough situations at the same time. But, uh, you know, in that therapy session, it was interesting because it wasn't really my son talking. It was my wife's fear stories coming out one by one. And I could almost quote them verbally by text and email of what she said to me. And that was super disappointing because if you look up the definition of parental alienation, you know, it, it's actually child abuse and, and it's super disheartening to go through that. Jeff, what are some of those fear stories that are, are being kind of spoken and yeah. what, what are some of those stories? Well, let's see. So you've ruined everything. Um, man up. You're not a man. If you don't give mom the house, you know, um, mm. are you going to help me with college or not? I expect you to help me with college, which is a big thing that his mom has mentioned. Um, yeah, he actually brought up my therapy, which was interesting. He didn't know the name of it, but, um, you know, I, I go to therapy, Utah. And um, he said, which is that, a great, which is a great place, by the way, <laughs> I, I, and I fully agree, you know, so it, it was very interesting because he, you know, he, first he calls it the wrong name. And then he says, you know, they're not going to help you. We tried to help you and you wouldn't take it. And, and I'm sitting over here in the chair going, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm in recovery. I'm pursuing my life. And, you know, I'm embracing my life and learning how to dance for the first time in 20 years. You know, it's amazing. So it, it's, it's tough when I hear him just list off all of these things. You know, what, what, uh, he, mentioned, he even mentioned betrayal for him. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you know? 
So you're hearing this language. How, how you say that your wife went to some groups and group systems and in, mm -hmm. in, in what in what ways like has has it perpetuated that victim story? What what did you see? What did you experience? Yeah, so originally she got hooked up with them and they have no professional therapists on staff. They're all just trained coaches. Yep. You know, which means they took a six hour weekend course and they're ready to go. And um, you know, I worked with them. I worked with her coach as part of my disclosure. What I didn't know in part of that disclosure is that it just it didn't feel good. I was asked to give up all my masculinity to say yes to everything because I had no ground to stand on. And then lo and behold, on the other side of my disclosure, I didn't know that even though I absolutely did not consent to being recorded, it was recorded. And then, oh, wow. and then the coach actually offered to give a copy of that recording and a transcript to my wife's attorney, which wow. is in all kind of violation of yeah. a lot of things, you know, and it just breaks down the, the relationship of trust that you're supposed to have with a, a therapist. Um, but I, I noticed immediately as she got involved with this coach and these groups that it wasn't about recovery at all. It was about, here's what he's going to do next. And it was always amped up into, you know, first he's going to pull the money away and then he's going to leave. And then you're, you're going to do this and he's going to escalate to this. And pretty soon it came down to, I would no longer go near the home because I feel like I was being entrapped and they were trying to coach her into getting restraining orders. And, you know, mm -hmm. she has barricaded the door because she fully believes that I'm going to come over and hurt them. And I'm like, I want no part of that. At no time has that ever happened in our marriage. You're so, so far just, from that. Yeah. I'm going to unplug and completely go away because I, I just can't, I can't deal with that. That's I'm not going to participate in. So that's that's kind of what I experienced, and it was shocking. Why why do you think Jeff she kept going to these groups and meeting with these coaches and because of the validation she got? I mean, it just it just kept her spinning and her fear stories and her victimhood. And I tried to talk about, um, you know, how she was stuck in that fear cycle and different things from some of the tools that I've learned, and I'm trying to help her get out of that and. The crazy thing is this specific group that she was working with, they had an answer to every one of those questions. So they would, they would flip it around. You know, he's going to say, mm -hmm. you should get out of the fear cycle. He's going to say that you're stuck in a drama triangle. He's going right, to. That, that you're gaslighting all the time, right? Exactly. You're abusing, you're gaslighting, you're, yeah. yeah. And it was super tough because I'm sitting here going, that's not what I'm doing at all. You know? Right. Um, and, and. I, you know, I frankly haven't talked about this in quite a while, just because I, I did some EMDR sessions and I got some, some peace around the trauma that I had experienced with disclosure and going mm -hmm. through this process. And um, man, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. So now, you know, now I'm moving on and trying to figure out how to rebuild that relationship with my son. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you're listening here, this is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert feed, and we sure appreciate you following us and listening here. We want to let you know that we have moved to Real Talk Recovery. If you'd like to complete the episode, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, any place where there's podcasts, Real Talk Recovery, or you can go to realtalkrecovery.com. 
Thanks again for all of your support.